This is Lon Winters with Graphic Elephants. This is Jimmy Lamp. This is Matt Masala with the RhinestoneWorld.com. And you're listening to the Two Regular Guys Podcast. And you are listening to the Two Regular Guys Podcast. Podcast. Hosted by... My name is Terry Combs RG. Regular Guy. And Aaron Montgomery. We're just regular guys having fun and uh, trying to, to make a living in this really cool and exciting industry. I think we all want to succeed 100% of the time. Seek to understand before I try and make myself understood. Bring a ton of great information. Coming to you live from somewhere dark, dirty, and dank. All right, welcome into the show. It is Friday, July 28th, 2023. I'm Terry Combs, and you can find me at terrycombs.com. And I'm Eric Campbell. You can find me at ericcampbell.com. And I am obviously sitting in for the inimitable Aaron Montgomery, who is in the background pushing buttons. So the only buttons I get to push today are Terry's. <laughs> However, the great thing is uh, we're doing an embroidery topic, which is really in my wheelhouse. So I jumped in to share, but especially because we have a talented, amazing designer and digitizer, Joe Kramer, who's here to join us talking about elevating your embroidery toolbox. So incredibly exciting stuff and cannot wait to see what he's sharing. Also, I have to remind you guys, we have our new segment coming up, The Secret Sauce. It's at the end of the show, and I'll be serving up this helping of the sauce myself. All right. All right. That, that sounds great. Yeah, I mean, it, can't wait to see Joe here. Like we've had him on before, but he has great creative ideas, and I know people are going to get a lot out of it. Yeah, absolutely. And so we can get to that quickly. Uh, we've got uh, Graphics Pro uh, with with lots of news for us today. Yeah, Matt has awesome stories, and we can't wait to hear more. Good morning, gentlemen, regulators. Thank you very much for having me. I've got a lot today, so let's dive right in. To start, one of the more interesting developments from the ITAM trade show in Milan, Italy earlier this year was the unveiling of Amaki's new Neocromato process. This new process involves the reuse of colored polyester textiles. Mamaki's own research says polyester textiles account for approximately 60% of 92 million tons of wasted textile materials worldwide. By decolorizing the polyester's textiles that have been dyed using dye sublimation technologies, this process allows materials to be reprinted or dyed immediately. This, there is no limit to how many times reused polyester can be treated with the neochromato process. And the process itself minimizes water usage and pollution by enabling the disposal of the absorbent paper and decolorizing solvents used in the process as burnable waste. Right now, this seems more for industrial use textiles than apparel, but if this technology does what it says it does, the amount of waste eliminated from trade show and event graphics alone would be having environmentalists across the planet saying domo arigato neochromato. Yeah, I don't know why they invite me back either. Bella Canvas has a new president. Norm Hollinger has been named the president of the company after a few years as chief operating officer. Congratulations to Norm, not just for being named president, but also making it through a corporate interview process without being ghosted by the hiring man. Next up, Imperial, a brand of sportsman cabin bag, has been named the official licensed headwear of Major League Pickleball. Fans can now find MLP headwear products in the new Major League Pickleball collection, uh, offered exclusively on imperialsports.com. This collection features MLP logo products, as well as smaller collections for all 24 teams in the league. Atlanta's headwear partnered with a rowing team last year to raise awareness about sustainability and global responsibility. The rowing team, called the Engineers, embarked on a grueling 3,000-mile row across the Atlantic Ocean. 
The engine wars hit the water December 12, 2022, and after 36 days, 8 hours, and 57 minutes, the rowing team reached the final destination of Antigua's English Harbor. Uh, now I've got a few graphicspro.com exclusive educational items for you to keep your eye on. Uh, be sure to check out our friend of the show, Dane Clement's latest article, Using Shape Tools in the Pathfinder Panel for Vinyl Cutting. Also exclusively on graphicspro.com, be sure to check out Aaron Montgomery's latest article, Getting Comfortable Being Uncomfortable. Everything we want in life and business is right outside of our comfort zone. And finally, join me in California for Graphics Pro Expo Long Beach, August 17th to 19th. Among the many unique events at the show, including this year's RapsCon, will be another decorator panel by, moderated by Lawn Winners on August 18th. I recently got back from Portland trade show, uh, the GPX there, and in between brewery visits, I had time to stop into Lawn's panel discussion there. And let me tell you, everyone who attends these panels leaves with something actionable nuggets that, to improve your business, or if nothing else, the business card of someone who knows what you're going through and can offer advice. The Long Beach panel will include Sam Shinovan of Anchored Prints, Josh Merrill of Liquid Graphics, and 45-year screen printing veteran Mark Gervais, as well as others. Gentlemen, back to you. All right, lots of information, but brief and to the point, and always with a little bit of dry humor. <laughs> I have to say, I have to mute my mic every time. So I'm going to say kudos to Matt because I mute my mic every time he's on when I'm on the show because I laugh every I, single segment. I, which, I, no, I didn't no quite hit on. mute fast enough for myself. <laughs> so when I started to laugh, but so you got a half of a laugh there. But so, Eric, have, have, yeah. have we all run out of names for sports? We've got cornhole. <laughs> We've got pickleball. <laughs> really? There's there's no names left that sound like a sport. <laughs> <laughs> I was more just wondering, like, Major League Pickleball. I've missed that coverage on, like, uh, ESPN 8. I think I probably have not been tuning into sports for some time because I didn't know that we had a Major League for pickleball. But, hey, you know, uh, if that's what you yeah, want you know, And uh, I was flipping channels one day, and I'm like, wait, is that McEnroe playing pickleball? And everybody <laughs> playing were, were former tennis stars. That's so. awesome. I guess, I guess it's slow pitch, um, uh, uh, <laughs> tennis. <laughs> oh man. Still All great right. stuff. And honestly, Hey, who doesn't love merch? So I, like I said, I support anybody who's making merch and enjoying it. So awesome stories. Thank you again from Matt uh, from graphics pro and go check out all the great educational stuff that's on there too. So stuff from Aaron, uh, great, like I said, educational stuff about using your tools and making the best of them and go check out GPX. I mean, got to love getting together. We all really believe in trade shows. That's something that we're always going to promote. All right. We do have a few people jumping in today and I'll grab some comments just briefly. Uh, Cindy King is jumping in saying good morning. We got Darren, lots of folks uh, jumping in. Kingsbury Crafts, Chuck Peterson, all popping in. We got Todd from Fat Dead Wholesale. Uh, David Gross also jumping in. So like everybody jumping in. Doug, Lyndon. Hi, everybody. So glad to see you guys talking together. We've got Jerry in. Justin Armenta says, good morning. Excited about this one, guys. We're excited too. Joe's an awesome guy who knows a lot about what he's doing and really does serve up some interesting stuff that you guys need to know. Mark coming in as well. And love to see everybody talking with each other in the comments too it's great to see everybody kind of hanging out love that you regulators are all having that community feeling we love it and uh woody also in but lots of folks jumping in as well as uh jeremy from uh jeremy picker from uh, 
Hammer Creative. So he's jumping in as well. So Jeremy, thank you for joining as well. And for uh, lending us your guy, Joe, for a minute. <laughs> well, I'm sure you got stuff that you guys are always cooking up at Amber. So lots of great folks tuning in. And we also can't wait to check this out. Hey, hey Jeremy, uh, welcome uh, Colorado back to the Big 12. Glad to have you back. <laughs> <laughs> there's always something <laughs> i heard the sports guys sports to the hardest today <laughs> i'm glad you know what you're talking about my man <laughs> angelo also coming in from denver and rena saying hello so without further ado though i know people i love to have everybody to come, come on and talking but we all know what we're here for uh terry i believe this one may be your fault <laughs> <laughs> but well, we have a dad I, I joke. Word might have leaked out that I have a really, really good dad joke today, and that's why so many people have have logged in uh, oh, here, and ready to go. First ready thing Aaron said was, "Now we're to see Eric shake his head in real time," and uh, I'm pretty sure you're going to get that. Today. <laughs> <laughs> All right, folks. So uh, without further ado, Terry, I think you have a dad joke for us. <laughs> okay. Okay. Here goes, uh, Eric. Why did the vegan cross the road? I don't know, Terry. Why did the vegan cross the road? To tell yet another person they're a vegan. <sighs> <laughs> yep. That, that'd Anybody be a who knows a vegan out there is laughing. <laughs> <laughs> though though I did put this in the comments. This is actually my fault. I said, uh, send any and all complaints to terrycombs.com, <laughs> which is my addition to the dad show today. Yeah, I couldn't put the print folder, but yeah, go ahead if you want. <laughs> We're processing right. last August complaints, so <laughs> we will get to you. I hear we can get a virtual assistant for you to handle your complaints department, Jerry. <laughs> Kim Johnson with the uh, with the massive face palm. Gotcha, Kim. Oh, come and, on. That's funny stuff, Kim. <laughs> uh, Todd for Vented Wholesale says, of course, following up as usual, there wasn't much meat on that joke. Oh, Todd. You get the head shake, That's too. That's pretty good, too. <laughs> no, Todd. All right, Eric. No, don't Before encourage we, before we go any further, we want to thank everybody for checking out the Two Regular Bite Guys podcast. We need your voices. Um, we would love to have the regulators participate in our new show intros. Go to decorators.inc.in.k forward slash intro and read a few sentences and be a part of every show. We've gotten a few good ones, uh, but uh, we would love to have some more voices and the more the better. We are always looking for new guests, so if you or anyone you know would like to join us, go to calendly.com forward slash two, the number two, regular guys, uh, to book a future episode or email us at info at two, the number two, regularguys.com with your show ideas. If you are listening to the podcast version of the show, we would appreciate you sharing the two regular guys podcast with your industry friends so they can become regulators too, and we would appreciate you giving us a review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Amazon Podcasts, YouTube Podcasts, or maybe all of them. Anywhere you're <laughs> listening to uh, to podcasts, you will find us there, and we would love a review. If you're watching us live right now, please join in with your comments and certainly your questions, and uh, we're looking forward to a great show today. Absolutely. And without further ado, we're going to go ahead and bring in our friend, friend of the show, Joe Kramer. <laughs> All right. Sorry about that, folks. Uh, we'll go ahead and we jump back in. Five minutes ago, we're having a conversation. It was fine. <laughs> yep. This happens, though, in the real world. <laughs> we'll just see. Uh, yeah. Looks like your mic is disconnected, Jeff. All right. So we'll jump in again in, in a second with that. Um, since we find ourselves in that in the situation, why don't we go ahead and give ourselves a moment? Uh, certainly, 
like I said, we'll bring Joe back in if we can. L- luckily, we can go ahead and try this again. He's coming in live, but this is what live uh, live recording is like sometimes. Exactly. Things happen. Uh, <laughs> luckily, uh, we can at least have something to talk about. This is something that I've discussed many times. We're have to talk a little bit about himself in, in the industry. But the great thing is uh, Joe has a lot of background, both in kind of the retail style of decorating as well as custom decoration. So I know that's part of what we're going to bring into this whole discussion. But the cool thing is, I think we're finding more and more retail stuff uh, becoming part of the discussion for even B2B. I think that the culture has moved on from it being kind of a straight pipeline directly to commercial stuff. Now we kind of had that inspiration absolutely, you know, coming in very quickly. So I think that's something that's cool that we can talk about. Uh, Do you find the same thing in screen print? Like design is certainly more it's kind of coming around quicker that people are going to new styles and techniques as soon as they hit the stores, Gary. Yeah. You know, and it's interesting. I was talking to a screen printer in, uh, at the apparel decorators summit and, and, you know, we went from, uh, when I started out, it was a lot of design, a lot of, you know, uh, everybody had graphic designers on staff and, and, uh, and we kind of got away from that a little bit. I, I think a lot of folks got into the business who, who were interested in screen printing did not have a graphics background, so I think we got a lot of uh, a lot of uh, in screen printing anyway, one and two color work, and um, you know that my my Jim's towing service phone number on the back. But I was talking <laughs> to a screen printer in uh, at, at the uh, Apparel Decorators Summit in Nashville here a couple of weeks ago, and and he told me, he was showing me some of the graphics, and I'm like, man, this is really cool stuff, and he was printing for. Um, major uh, uh, car manufacturers and and uh, all these cool, you know, big companies, but the graphics were just incredible. And he said, mm-hmm. I have 11 illustrators on staff. And I, I haven't heard wow. that in years. Wow. But, um, <laughs> it, you know, it's uh, maybe it is coming around full circle. And, and, the, and the opportunity also with other decoration methods where it's a little yeah. bit easier to do those full color, those, those, uh, the graphics that, that were outside the reach of a lot of decorators before. Oh, for sure. You, you know, it looks like Eric, um, yeah. or Aaron is ready to give us a try again. Yeah. Let's go ahead and bring, bring Joe, Joe back, back in to see if we go. <laughs> Hopefully this will work a little bit better this time. Can you guys hear me? All right. You're You're insane. Insane. <laughs> yeah. Unfortunately yeah, you can hear me too. It's the only problem. problem. Man. So yeah, so, yeah if yeah, I'm still on speakers, you may want to throw me on headphones. No, now you're gone. <laughs> oh man, live stuff is always hard. Maybe just reason. hold up stuff you've done, and we can talk. <laughs> <laughs> no, right? Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, we heard you that last time, and now I don't hear me. So let's see. Are we good? Wow, I, t- I touched nothing. That's exactly how okay. live shows go. Right? You're good. All right. Sounds like <laughs> we're good again. Right. Okay. Let's hey, roll with this one. Let's roll it. It seems like we're working. Absolutely. Don't know why you're having that problem. Well, th- thank but you hey. so kindly for having me on again, uh, uh, Aaron and and uh, and Terry. Of course, it's always a pleasure with uh, spending time with Eric. So thank you guys so kindly. Um, <laughs> no problem. Yeah. So I think uh, on this uh, today's show, I wanted to show you uh, a bit of a self promo piece that Amber sure. Creative uh, created. And uh, if you guys haven't, uh, our audience, you know, hasn't caught it on YouTube, I definitely. Yeah, would encourage you to go over to our YouTube channel, which is uh, Amber with a three instead of an E, okay. creative uh, on YouTube. And just because we make, we, we try to make shorts, we try to make um, very digestible um, 
uh, little nuggets of, of, of our creativity, you know, from start to finish. Yeah. And so one of the items that I really want to show today is our orchid hoodie, which was um, one of one of the one of the funnest I've had. I mean, it was a really awesome project. And it's one of those uh, projects that I really like to show because uh, it's not applique, but it is a really fun um fun way to do multimedia so in this particular case we actually did um an oversized screen print and then we put yeah. direct embroidery over the top of it which is um just, you know there's a lot of little odds and ends that i want to show about that if uh, if we can uh maybe show some imagery here for the wonderful audience <laughs> here see if see if we can make that work yo let's throw something else in the mix why not <laughs> yeah right <laughs> Well, we, we know you come from like a, a major background with, like I said, applique and retail decoration. I mean, feel free if you want to introduce any of that too, while we're kind of rolling here. But, but we know that you do that. And also, and also that, that uh, Amber Creative has, has lots of, of uh, you know, good retail styled, high design kind of pieces they do. Right. Exactly. That, that's absolutely right. So, um, so this oh, is um, this is our, our orchid hoodie, and uh, it is made by Lane Seven. I'm gonna zoom in here a little bit for you guys. And basically, uh, what we did here was uh, our art director Angelo Montiel did a great job of you know hand sketching this. We had a lot of inspirations. You can see here. We wanted to throw some just all kinds of awesome stuff in here. Um, and a, a couple points I really wanted to make is one is. The 306 you see here is actually uh, what, in at least in my industry, when we started doing a lot of this type of like hand, uh, like hand yarn stitched uh, emulation on machine embroidery, we call it a mm -hmm. stitch, but it's basically just a jagged multi-pass satin is basically mm -hmm. what it is. And um, the 306 here actually is our PMS color, which was something that thought was kind of fun because you don't really see a lot of people tagging PMS colors in their actual, you know, uh, home design. Uh, which was a lot of fun. And uh, in addition to that, we know we have our Amber A right up here as well. Mm -hmm. uh, and one of the really awesome things I like about this technique is that we specifically designed it so that nothing has to register with anything mm. perfectly. And I want all the audience to know and all our wonderful friends out there listening that design it so it doesn't have to register and it makes all the difference <laughs> in the world. So for podcast listeners, what we're looking at is kind of this really great tonal print on the orchid hoodie. So we've got some skulls, some kind of uh, hand-drawn looking elements. And then on top of that, you've got that multi-pass satin or a whip stitch satin with some jagged edges for a couple of these elements, this 306 and the Amber A logo. And uh, honestly, that it's a really great multi-layered look. And I think that's that's really interesting to say. You know, lots of people really talk about registration as part of multimedia. But when you're doing the design side of it, you're right. You can design in such a way that the registration isn't a problem. Absolutely. And it makes all the difference in the world. And so I actually have, um, actually after this, I'm going to share with you guys, uh, of course, because that's what I'm going to do here, right? Is share. Yeah, why not? I possibly can. Um, I'll share with you. Uh, let's see here. I hey, Joe, also how was how that decoration done other than the embroidery part? So, um, so this is two color screen print and, okay. uh, Eric picked up on it right away, which is a, a tonal. We actually didn't pick, we picked a, a light tonal and a dark tonal. So it's basically like, uh, mixing like a Chino base with, um, a percentage of white ink until you kind of get the, the feel and formula that you want to do. Um, cause you want, 
some of the, for example, in the lighter inks, you want the ink to actually pick up some of the garment color on yeah. purpose so it doesn't look stark, you know. Uh, stark can also mean heavy, you know, mm. to the feel or heavy just to the pliability, you know, of the fabric itself. So um, then we did the same thing with dark, you know, as a percentage mm. of black mixed with a chino base and it comes out super soft and you end up getting a really cool um you know touch and feel for for this whole thing uh the other thing too is and i don't know maybe aaron you've got uh, something to, to say about this i'd love to hear it when screen print goes through uh i'm sorry when when, when needle penetrations go through screen print mm-hmm. oh the look of those edges is just of the embroidery can sometimes look a bit tattered you know yeah and so real. we didn't we didn't want that we don't want we don't want ink to break because we're pounding it with stitches you know? If you have a tremendous amount of it, it can be the same with lots of materials. People also do things like the tearaway applique, ripaway applique done through heat transfer material. You can have that same problem sometimes. But I think that tonal treatment is really interesting for that. And what I also love to hear you saying, by the way, the fact that you discuss garment hand, I feel like I'm the only other person who ever talks about <laughs> garment hand, especially in embroidery, where you're like, the drape and the feel of the garment is part of that. Um, explanation it's part of the you know it's part of the feeling and the feeling of the garment on a person is the same is if, at least is is important if not as important as the look. the feeling of the garment is important and and i know it's it, sometimes it's it's a little a little jaggedy for to for us to share videos but uh i'll definitely share with you a little mm-hmm. bit of how we built it and how okay. uh, when we digitized it i digitized right over the top of the yeah the actual graphic and that's super crucial because you wanted to make sure you don't have any, like for example, if the if the graphic doesn't register perfectly, you don't want the embroidery to uh, to show that if they hoop it, you know, a little bit off. So you're, you're kind of counting on a human to hoop it just a, yeah. just a bit off, you know, when when you're actually going to hoop it. So I I went through and I made this little short video and 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 turned on and off the background so you can see, you know, the yeah. method of madness. And then after this little clip, I threw in a clip of uh, my camera slider actually showing the uh the final products lovely lovely piece so those who aren't seeing it uh also wonderful thing if you're ever shooting embroidery rotating the camera moving the light across it is going to give embroidery the look and the shine so when you're trying to sell embroidery too it's a great way to show it because embroidery's dimension is a big deal but yeah love love so everybody if you haven't got a chance to check us out on video uh this is your episode definitely check us out on video because you're going to want to see the stuff that Joe share. Yeah, yeah, you know, and another thing that that wasn't mentioned here that me as a screen printer uh, really appreciated is is this print actually goes down over the muff pocket as well, which is, a, I, I think, a really cool effect. Absolutely. And again, if you thin out your inks and you're not pounding them hard, you can get away with going over those seams and it's not going to be, you know, a detrimental mess. You know, with, That's with a really lots, cool looking graphic. With lots of, you know, you, I feel like we always have to go and pick some of that uh, nastiness off of there you know we've got some comments from uh, regulators coming in certainly maureen says that's fantastic by the way angela joined in saying that was a fun project awesome work on your part sir <laughs> so very cool yeah. to see yeah. uh, are, are you aware angela is not working right now he's <laughs> watching the show <laughs> <laughs> hey he's got his own piece getting shown and jerry says that is amazing creativity so love to see that as well and doug jumping in saying i don't like that screen print feel too much can't i'm sure it's i can't wear it when it's hot hey 
I love a nice big open design for that. Yeah. Uh, same thing with some embroideries too. Uh, on something that's going to be close to your skin, heavy, heavy embroidery is not the best all the time. <laughs> but Ed Jeremy says, oh, busted. That's yeah. great. <laughs> busted watching the show. Exactly. And and what I really, really dig about this whole concept that we, that we did for self-promos, A, you know, we wanted to definitely put our money where our mouth is as, as a creative company. We wanted to show people this is what you could do for self-promo. These are these are good write-offs. This is good, you know, time and energy spent to show people what you can actually do. Um, uh, part one. Part two is um, this was actually, I believe it was a discontinued color from Lane 7 on this particular mm. hoodie. So we actually took advantage of that and thought, you know, this is a color we don't see too often. Let's bring that in and let's see what we could do with that color. So it, the, the brainchild just really progressed through the processes and we wanted to uh, try some things uh, that, you know, we we don't do normally. In fact, when we pitched this to the vendor who actually produced it, they were, you know, Burr? you know, you want me to do what? I'm like, yes, we want you to, <laughs> to screen print this. We want you to fall that, you know, fall over the seams. We want to break all the rules. Yeah. Um, and uh, we want it to go a certain way. So it, it was a, a ton of I, fun. Go ahead. Yeah, I don't know. Garment decorators breaking rules. That doesn't seem right. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. You have to break some rules. To, uh, exactly right. Well, because, uh, you know, I, it's one of those things where uh, visually without the techniques to see something like this, because just for example, you could totally print that that A and that 306 and some of those stitching. You could totally print that with, let's say, some puff, you know, screen print and get some mm -hmm. dimension out of it and get credit for that. But it's um it's definitely yeah absolutely let's uh, i'll share this again here uh you got one of the regulars asking for another show on the show okay yeah. <laughs> supply and demand let's make that happen absolutely see. but uh, you know all i think is value added value added as i see yeah, right with a little bit of embroidery and suddenly it's worth way more money also all that coverage with low stitch count folks i mean that's the thing too you think about how much time things spend on the machine and you get all you kind of get credit you get the credit for the embroidery uh dimension and credit for the print being so big and so uh, uh, overall you're, you're yeah. absolutely right and and that was i think something that we really wanted to make sure yeah. we had in the bag like this this is something that's gonna work um let's see i got the image shared right there so um very cool yeah. so that's uh so that that's a uh, that's the piece right there. Um, looks like Jerry's asking to show it again. So that's the that's the piece there, and we just trying to think of. <laughs> we have one of the questions that we'd love to ask yeah. if you don't mind. Uh, one of the regulators has asked us, "Can we explain the chino base?" Oh, very good. Uh, yes, yeah. thank you. I did not see that. So, uh, chino base with uh, screen print is basically uh, like a, a clear. Um, I know that um, I, back in my Abercrombie days, we used it all the time. In fact, it was pretty much a standard uh, because they wanted to feel the ink as little as possible. Mm -hmm. um, and that particular ink is it's very soft and you can tint it or you can. Uh, the default was, you know, take a color you have mixed and mix it 50-50 with Chino. And that's your starting point. Because it gives you enough pigment, but also gives you enough, you know, softness. Now, uh, the downside is uh, any anything with that little of body and that little of pigment, um, you're going to have a difficult time printing lights over darks, mm -hmm. you know, and have it be really opaque. 
Um, and at that point, you know, you, you probably want to go with some sort of a, like a discharge or a, something similar, you know, if you want that feel and you want that stark, you know, uh, contrasting color. But Chino's is, um, and and it, it is available um, both like if, if you're more of a, of a Will Flex, you know, uh, there's they have a version of it and, uh, you know, there's Plasol versions, there's water-based versions. It's just uh, whatever your supplier has, they're going to know the term Chino. It's been around a long time, and it's been a staple in the industry for um, printing uh, soft hand, tonal, or just general soft hand printing. It's it's a fantastic product. That's a great question. Thanks for asking. That's awesome, especially to hear about it from kind of that retail side. That's something I don't think everybody kind of gets that it's a little bit different. Some of the processes might, and some of the terminology can be different. Absolutely. Yep. That's, that's exactly right. So that was, thank you so much, gentlemen, for letting me share that one. I, uh, again, Absolutely. It, I, the, our YouTube shows it a much more of an intimate process from the actual very beginning. In fact, I think I have some clips of Angelo sitting there drawing it out. Uh, and, <laughs> when he's uh, working. Uh, absolutely. Oh, <laughs> he said he's multitasking. Heck of a multitasker for sure. So, <laughs> well, um, more, more of uh, the videos from Amber at uh, youtube.com slash at Amber Creative. That's Amber with a three. We always do uh, two regular guys with a two. Well, uh, Amber Creative with a three. <laughs> Amber with a three, three, exactly. Absolutely. <laughs> so definitely check that out. You know, looking at, at this project here, you, you know, you have more of a retail look than we're used to seeing in business to business type embroidery. Uh, how do you think the, the mindset differs between traditional commercial embroidery and, and what you're doing there uh, in, in your company? That's a great question. I think that the, uh, the mindset there is really just pushing the boundaries to go as, as far as you think you can go and still uh, have a good relationship with your vendors, you know, or with, with your screen printer, or in this case, if it's screen printer and embroiderer. But, uh, you know, pushing those boundaries, I think, is also the, the big wow factor that we like to, to hit. Because, like you said, you know, left chest embroideries, they're great. It's just, and they get the job done, no doubt about it. But uh, you know, what if we could put, you know, something a little bit nicer on there, or, um, you know, in, in some cases, uh, embroidery, like there's, there's, uh, and I'm glad that Eric actually early earlier mentioned fabric. You know, there's some fabrics out there that are just beautiful, and I would hate to to pound it with with fifteen thousand stitches, and it turns into bacon, and you just know that it's not gonna, you know, at this point, let's let's do some nice three dimensional PVC patches on there and mm. keep it clean because that's, you know, that that's at the end at the end of it all, you know, you want if your name's on it, you want it to look good and you want to be proud of it, you know, if you, if you help to curate it. So um, the mindset, going back to Terry's question, I mean, you know, there's, there's, there's method and madness to our team. We walk through the malls and we see the, mm. you know, the, the trends that are out there and we try to apply that to something that we're working on, whether it's uh, something as simple as, as colors, just what's, what are the colors that they're using right now? Um, what are uh, the, a few techniques that we've we've liked, and how can we knock that off, or maybe do our version of it? Um, because we know it's production friendly, or something mm. along those lines. Um, there's, I, I'll give you an example. Um, there was a time when people want to do eight, nine, ten color designs in two different colors of flocking, and a screen mm. printer would just tell you, "No, I'm not yeah. doing that much. <laughs> that is messy. It's it's the fail rate's too high." 
and we just don't want to do it. We're like, yeah, well, they'll, we're going to get it. So just charge us and let's just do it. And there was a time when that was working, you know, yeah. and that's what I mean by pushing the limits. And then, and of course you have all these wonderful manufacturers out there that are making, you know, inline heat presses and yeah. you could, you know, you can foil something in line uh, without before it comes off. And that was, you know, that was, you know, mind blower moment because we're just like, wow, you can do that. You know, let's, you know, let's, let's make that happen. What else can we do with it? We'll revolver and spin this press back around again and we'll add something else that we can heat press onto this thing, you know, whether it's, you know, uh, nail heads or rhinestones or whatever. And they, and they pushed it. And there's a reason why, you know, brands in those days like Affliction were getting a hundred plus dollars per one T-shirt because there was yeah. a tremendous amount of decoration on there. And so that's 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 pushing the limits. You know, you you see something you like, and uh, you just you know add, add it until you you know what let's let's stop right there because that's production friendly. <laughs> well, that's the thing. You, you, it seems like you're adding that restriction in, knowing what you know about production, but getting the feel. So it's a little bit of retail research. I always call it. Our good friend Jim yep. Self, friend of the show, calls it R and D, rip off and duplicate, yep. which is not the nice way to put it, but it is often what it feels like when you start. But, yeah, sure. but you're adding in your inspiration, you're adding in your production knowledge, and the thing that thing is interesting because our headline today was about embroidery toolbox, right? that embroidery toolbox what's kind of interesting is part of the embroidery toolbox is other stuff that's not embroidery and knowing yep. when embroidery is not the right call but when you're talking about the embroidery toolbox what other things do you kind of bring into it is it literal tools is it more materials software Absolutely. are you just looking at all of that like what do you consider the kind of embroidery arsenal that you bring to this for, for sure i think i think something as simple as uh going on uh if you don't have the means of let's say uh cutting fabric mm. uh in-house uh, if you, you know, go on, let's, you know, there's, there's folks on Etsy, you could buy two inch fabric circles, three inch fabric circles of, mm -hmm. uh, preferably something twill, um, and, and, and a bit more rigid. I mean, you could use canvas also, and there's such awesome tools that, that, you know, you take that two inch circle and, and you can digitize a satin stitch around it, uh, or have your digitizer digitize satin stitch around it. Say, Hey, I got a exactly two inch circle, you know? take a picture of your ruler laying on top of that circle so they can see exactly how big it is. And they'll make sure. you a stitch file that will draw you a show stitch, you know, and you, you spray the back of that little circle fabric with a little bit of adhesive and you stick it on there and you run it out and you've got the looks and feel of a patch with the adhesion of embroidery. It's never coming off. You don't have mm -hmm. to worry about a, a heat seal maybe coming off one day. Um, and that's what I mean by, you know, you got a little bit extra tools in the toolbox um, anybody can do this. Mm -hmm. Small shops, big shops. This is something that's really easy to do. Um, you can even uh, get uh, instead of let's say uh, sealing up the edges, you can actually mm -hmm. utilize the exposed edges and and get to 100% organic fabric and do the exact same thing. And you're doing let's say a bean stitch, you know, tack down on the inside mm -hmm. of the circle, and uh, let the edges fray. Take a brush. And fray them up real good and the inside of the embroidery uh the other thing that that i think the audience is relevant to here is when you embroider on a woven i feel like you can get away with murder you know with <laughs> stitch densities and how well the fabric take the needle and so if you're putting a, 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 you got a pretty uh, dainty fabric left chest and you put a piece of twill down and you sew a bunch of stitches into that twill that twill can take it and it takes it very well. 
Oh, I mean, the other thing I've always told people, and not, not to jump in on your uh, toolkits, but yeah. I will say uh, the other thing I do is pre-embroider. You can embroider stuff and then take it after the fact and applique it on. So even yes. though it's not a full patch, you're not making a, a standalone patch that's edged, you can pre-embroider on an applique, take it in, do the same thing you would do with a normal applique, placement stitch, tack down an edge, and then you're not embroidering through the whole garment. And I think right. that's something you're talking about, but that's the thing. The, the great thing about this concept of the toolbox is that we have all these options. If you've got a heat press, there's a million films and pr print methods, including DTF, which is popping off right now, that you could put underneath embroidery. The needle is going to go through it. Yep. I mean, there may be some ragged edges or stuff that you have to deal with that we talked about earlier, but the needle will go through it. You'll be able to do all manner of multimedia. And if you design for it, it works pretty well. Uh, like like uh, we showed earlier, like uh, Joe said, if you design for the concept, you can get away with a little bit of slop in placement where it doesn't have to be perfect. A little bit of that, you know, roughness isn't always a bad thing if you design for it. Yeah, exactly. And I mean, uh, Cindy just mentioned here that she messed up the side of a cap and she just put a piece of fabric over it and sewed, basically sewed right back over the top of it. Abs that's genius. That's absolutely yeah. what you should be doing. Cover-ups, classic commercial trick. Exactly. That's that's exactly <laughs> what you should do. You know, and, yeah. and and even if you didn't end up using it or go to retail, you, yeah. you have now those stripes where you can, mm -hmm. you know what, I've I've learned something out of necessity and I know now how to proceed. And that's that's value right there. Sorry, Terry. Uh, I like the fact that she used the Texas flag because I'll just put a Texas flag on it. Somebody will buy this. There you go. <laughs> In Texas? Exactly. Yes. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> And, and the other the other uh, uh, circle back around to essentially sure. the same question is, why would you want to do this? And yeah. the, I think the biggest reason you'd want to put a piece of fabric down, not just because it can handle a lot of stitches, is mm -hmm. so you don't have to use a lot of stitches to create a field of stitches. And yeah. especially on, let's say, a, a dad hat or, or something doesn't have a lot of buckram on the inside and stability, that fabric moves around so much. You have to put so much underlay down to get that hat to stay put before you even start your fill. And even that's no guarantee that you're going to end up with a circle. You're going to end up yeah. with an egg-shaped oval, and you're going to have to really use a tremendous amount of pull comp and whatnot to get that final satin to kind of go around and trim it all in. And even that one may not be perfectly round. So that's mm -hmm. another reason why having a perfectly round circle to start with really helps to define that shape. And just like Eric said, if you if you put some cutaway in the machine and you sew it down and then you you take it out. So for example, let's say you had a dark color of, of uh, fabric and you uh, use dark, you know, like dark color cutaway. So it's black or charcoal colored cutaway. Then you, you carefully go and, and cut around the outside of it as close as you can. You take a lighter and it singes up the edges real nice and you got a patch essentially. It looks great. Now you can go and sew it onto your, your, your final, uh, you know, piece. Absolutely. I mean, the, the reality is that uh, it's about pricing things and making sure you can cover the labor, but everything from embroidery machine plus scissor up to big half million dollar bridge laser is uh, on the table for making applicant patches work. I mean, these things right. will all work. It's all about the time you got to put into it, though. I think yeah. that it is interesting to talk about kind of what this does for you. Absolutely. And, and I'm, I'll never unlock laser bridges. I mean, I work for companies that have laser bridges. Yeah. It's, oh, it's awesome. really, it's really just for, um, you know, production. I mean, we were, I think we were cranking 300 and something pieces, double layer applique a day at San Segal out of Salt Lake city. Mm -hmm. uh, and we had four machines doing it. So we were, we were producing and washing and shipping about 1200 to 1500 a day of double layer appliques. And the wash was so that the, uh, we didn't have to use the uh, foil, you know, behind the, 
the Apple case. We actually used a, mm. a very thick version of like Solvi. Mm. And so yeah. that way the laser would, would, would penetrate the Apple K, but it wouldn't go through into the shirt, you know? And so instead of having the, you know, our workers peel the bits of foil out of the back of the whole mess, <laughs> uh, we, we would just wash out in the, in the washing machines, you know, and, and of course it would fray up the edges really nicely of the materials that we were using mostly jersey you know applique mm -hmm. but made it really fun laser bridges are great but you don't need them i don't I, you know small shops listening you don't need them you can do some amazing work without them uh and i encourage you to to definitely try try different things it's it's a lot of fun Oh yeah, I definitely uh, did a lot of my applique with a regular vinyl cutter. <laughs> so regular yep. 60 degree blade on a vinyl cutter, glue boards or magic mask, all of that's possible. There's, like I said, every level from scissor to laser is possible. Though uh, we have, want to stop for a quick break real quick before we finish out. Um, so we're going to go ahead and have a quick message from uh, our successor. Do you feel like you've spent countless hours and thousands of dollars trying to achieve your goal and are still spinning your wheels? Do you feel like you're not achieving your important goals due to a lack of support or accountability? You need a facilitated transformative mastermind group, not just any old mastermind group, but one that's facilitated by certified success principles coaches. Stop being trapped in a cycle of stagnation and join a group of high achieving individuals raising each other up. Visit RadicalGoalGetters.com to apply for your spot today. It's time to achieve your number one goal for 2023 and set yourself up for a successful 2024. You will achieve a goal you had a hard time believing was possible and find a community of support and accountability that will lead to more self-confidence. There are only five available time slots and each group is limited to six people. Groups are forming the week of August 7th. Head to RadicalGoalGetters.com now. Well, so, you know, obviously you're looking to elevate uh, design and execution in your work. So why do you think that's important to shops out there, our listeners? What, what effect does elevating your work have? Uh, yeah, great question. I think that um, when you can think outside the traditional box, I mean, Terry, you brought up a good point about just regular left chest versus this retail look. Um, I think at the end of, of all things, you know, offering your customer that retail look is uh, is is it's important. I mean, you don't want to necessarily uh, do it uh, for every customer because not always going to fit. But uh, what I find is the, the the greatest tool that we have is uh, you know to push ourselves is the courage to do it. Now, a lot of this happens, you know, behind the scenes, a little bit, you know, off off script, if you will. But I find that uh, being able to create our, um, to do our best creations, uh, we need to find proper inspiration. And I think that that inspiration comes from all over. Uh, it's taken me a great deal of my career to learn that, um, you know, I don't, I don't know everything and that's okay. And that the, the learning that we can share together, which is, I mean, if you really think, that's why we're doing this podcast. That's why we're sharing things exactly. like this with the world is because we don't know everything and we want to share what we do have because all it's going to do is spark, you know, more and more creativity down the line. And I think that's probably the, the most uh, profound thing that kind of hit my brain when, uh, for your question, Terry, is that we, uh, you know, as artists, we are, um, I believe it's our duty to invoke emotion in others. Mm -hmm. And by doing so, uh, we need to make sure we're not becoming stagnant. We need to make sure right. that we're, pushing ourselves to, to create the, 
you know, the best that we can. And um, what I really enjoy, at least uh, about my position right now, being on the Amber Creative team, is that I'm surrounded by, um, you know, we're we're a small but mighty team, but very creative team as well. So um, I really enjoy them pushing the limits and, uh, you know, the the few but the very uh, valuable time that I get with with both, you know, Terry, Aaron, of course, Eric and and uh, we get a chance to even if it's just for five minutes. Hey, that's what I'm working on. Oh, yeah. Let me see it. And then we just nerd out. Yeah. Uh, and then build up, build off of each other's. Uh, Absolutely. And, and I know it, it, just to kind of help validate some of the, the audience out there, if you're, uh, you know, you're part of a small network, trust me, it's small. It's you know, it's, it's hard to find people to talk shop like this mm. with. And uh, it, it's all the, all the more valuable to get to meet as many people as you can, share your ideas with them. Um, yeah. Yeah. And I, I promise they're going to share some of theirs with you or yours because let's say they have some slightly different machinery than you do or, you know, et cetera. So that's it just makes all the world of a difference, you know, when you can share. I mean, um, you know, Jeremy here at Amber, you guys have had him on several times. Yeah. Um, I'm always impressed with how uh, closely and contoured he follows the trends mm. that are out there in retail. Yeah. And yeah. one of the things that I really credit him for is he, he'll follow trends in, you know, Europe. He follows trends yeah. in Australia. He follows trends everywhere, not just what's relevant to, you know, the American uh, culture. And, um, you know, I'm so deep in the chemistry set. I, I don't <laughs> pop my head out too often. Like they're doing what now? Oh, we could, we could knock something off. That's close. You know, that's there. I, I love it. It, it gives yeah. me, it's my favorite phrase about that is, uh, consume broadly, create with focus. Yeah. So that's that's what I love. It's like people yeah. like us, we get down in the, we get down into it. We start like focusing down on the tools and starting to like nut out how to do all the pieces and parts. But it is always great to have somebody who's got their head out there. Who's like absolutely consuming broadly to be that yeah. inspirational and, funnel. Exactly. And the how, I mean, we're, we're yeah. talking about, you know, these, these awesome, you know, concepts, but the how is really, if, uh, you know, if yeah. uh, one resource obviously is to, to try to create that network and, and be mm -hmm. kind and be nice and share what you know, because you, you'll, I promise it'll reciprocate back to you but another thing too is is you know again mentioning jeremy he's he's done actually a pretty good job teaching me just the whole pinterest thing because he's been a big pinterest yeah. guy for a long time mm -hmm. and once once you start down that pinterest rabbit hole and you start to you know kind of save a few that you like um the algorithm's going to just keep spewing it back out so you can keep grabbing those inspirations and you should be doing that whether or not a daily but at least a weekly basis yeah. jumping on there and creating this like you know collection of inspiration that you find because retail comes and goes so quickly on mm -hmm. if you do a google image search what are you going to search for that's yeah. that's probably the biggest you know uh brick wall that i found is is if you're looking for if you type in some of the terms we've been talking about today like multimedia screen print embroidery and you, you just google that you're going to get something with screen print on it but not embroidery you're going to get something yeah, with embroidery awesome. on it but not screen print and that's it's not a good way to search for things uh, to find what you're looking for for inspiration anyway but uh, boutiques boutiques are, are also a great place for where it's at so if you follow on social media you follow some some nice boutiques that um, are you know streetwear uh, any kind of retail wear that shows all these crazy you know techniques um, even if it's hand done it's still inspiring you know uh, I, I remember during my time at, at Abercrombie um, not just the, the big exploded prints with applique and multimedia, 
but there was a tremendous amount of hand painting and paint slinging, coffee staining, tea staining. Those were all things <laughs> right. that they did in like the finishing side of it that, you know, people like what they see, but they don't always know what that is, you know, and that's yeah. um, another uh, tool in the toolbox, not necessarily embroidery, but it's a tool in the toolbox nonetheless, where you could take a fabric that you really like and then go coffee stain it or tea stain it because it will naturally yeah. take on a darker hue uh, than it you originally started with and then go make your circles from that. Yeah, I think it's, I think I saw like Fiskars even has like a, a circle cutter where you <laughs> fold the fabric in half and you stick it in the machine and you, you know, boom, here's a circle. You know, it's, it's so simple. It could be a rectangle, circle, anything. Well, and there's suppliers. I mean, yeah. a good friend of the show, also, all the folks at Stalls, you can have them cut anything you, you want out of any of their Absolutely. materials. And there's nothing wrong with doing that. It's not cheating to have, no. <laughs> have a provider give you the right materials for the work. I mean, really. It's, yeah, that's a great it's point. Worth yeah, doing. There's, there's some so, great well, uh, laser and, and you know, cutting uh, mm -hmm, factories firms. across the country that can turn something like that very quickly. So, yeah. Well, Joe, let's build on this a little bit. Now, we're all garment decorating nerds and probably everybody who's listening to the show, same boat. How do you get your customer on board? What Give us some tips for getting a customer to be more creative with their merch. I think the first thing is to, to refer back to that book of inspiration and show them some of those pieces and say, Hey, you know, you've got a, you know, such and such plumbing or something like that. Hey, you know, I've always had a little bit of difficulty sewing your logo on, you know, this particular fabric that you specifically prefer. If you let me do this way, you know, I can get a little bit more detail out of it, a little bit uh, better, uh, you know, compartmentalize some of the issues that I have and just focus on this one, you know, piece. And then we can go ahead and sew that on. And that's, I, I think that that's a, a huge uh, play is to get your customer on board is to show them some of the inspiring things that mm -hmm. you found. So uh, for the, the folks listening, uh, if you've got a mock-up, you know, and you've, you, a lot of times you're just showing, let's say just straight vector over like a left chest or maybe a hat or something, you put that little piece of inspiration image off to the side and say, this is the placement stylistically, you know, et cetera. And, you know, the, 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 those the crucial parts, but here's what we're really going for. We're going for this type of, of look and feel, you know, and that just, you know, picture thousand words. So, you know, they're going to see that and go, Oh, that's what you want to do with my logo. I love it. Or I, I, I like that look. Um, what about, and they'll have their two cents. Cause you know, there's yeah. the psychology of people feeling like they got to have their hand in the cookie jar. Sometimes they're going to feel like, <laughs> you know, which is fine. It was your idea, sir. And then just roll with it. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's, that's the power of, I mean, the shirt that you showed us earlier, the, or the, you know, the hoodie you showed us earlier, um, yeah. that's was a shop shirt. Essentially. That was right. a, that was a self-directed project done for your brand. But that's the thing. When you do that, you kind of advance these ideas and go, this is what we do for our brand. And you have a physical item with the design. And actually, yeah, Jerry asked earlier, was that for a shop, not a client? Yeah, that was a shop shirt. That's what we shop used shirt. to call them in the business, shop shirts or self-directed stuff, uh, employee gear. All of that stuff can be a place where you test, play, make those things happen because you put them on the wall. And here's the thing I, I tell people too, they freak out. They're like, I'm only going to ever be able to do these really complicated pieces if I show people that. I'm like, no. You'll still have people who want left chest embroidery who are going to look at it and go, that's cool. You're a super creative person. I trust that you can do my normal left chest yes, work. That is true. I mean, there's still there's still going to be that work for you, but it yeah. also opens up the door for the people who are in. 
that's, who are that's looking a good point. Yeah, it, it is a bit of flexing for sure as a company to have a piece <laughs> like that. Uh, but at the same time, it, it, it is uh, very valuable to um, to take a moment and, and look within your organization and see th this is the talent I can utilize. Let's yeah. see how far we can push this. And then yeah. you know where your standard is. And that's, you know, uh, really cool. Because as if not, then... You know, you got the boss basically just adminning the whole thing and telling people what they need to do, not necessarily letting them, you know, fly a little bit on their own and, um, you know, go, go yeah. about it that way. So that's that's exactly it builds credibility in every way. That yeah. was that was Jeremy right there. Yeah, Jeremy said it builds <laughs> credibility. We also have a couple people jumping in. I'll go ahead and grab these Please. here. And so we've got first we're back to the Texas flag. City just says, LOL, I was covering a messed up Texas flag in the first place. I was just too lazy to make a whole new cap. Gotcha. <laughs> <laughs> She's definitely earning her stripes, as she yep. said, which is awesome. Yep. Uh, Cindy also kicks in, and this is true, uh, execution. If, if you are having people digitize, look for digitizers who do creative work, because someone who's already showing creative work like this is more likely to do that. If you have to outsource, um, look for their shop shirts they're digitized pieces they do for themselves that are like this and hey if you're a digitizer offering services folks uh make some of your own as well because that's going to be how you advertise your that you have this possibility to do that stuff and uh, you talked about community earlier i have to agree aaron couldn't help himself jumped in said why we love the regulators we get to nerd out with them and uh justin <laughs> the embroidery nerds also chimed in yeah yeah somebody said nerd we got it branding all day <laughs> but they also love to do that stuff too so uh right. very cool love it <laughs> so love to see everybody kind of chiming in and enjoying it but yeah i think that's the thing is that nerding out can also extend to the customer like you said once they feel some ownership in it they get to discuss with you the process and they've seen that stuff you have that chance so uh, before we before we finish up we always like to make sure everybody has one last chance if you've got a last insight something that you just want to share that you think we missed what's the number one piece of advice for any of these decorators who are thinking i want to do something a little elevated what do you think they're they're the number one go-to thing you want them to remember is i want them to know that you know don't be afraid mm. don't be afraid of making a mistake i mean yeah. you know uh, keep keep your keep your embroidery machines healthy for sure but don't be afraid to make a mistake <laughs> Uh, get get if you're not sure about a stitch file, you've got a network here. Send that DST to all of us, and we will look at that thing and say, "Don't put this in your machine," or <laughs> "Absolutely do this." Um, yeah, just basically that's it. I mean, I, in my almost 30 years of doing this, I can tell you that yeah, there's some questionable things I've seen, um, but at the same time, you know, uh, I think that the the network generally is healthy. I think that we're all. You know, everybody's going to be kind and nice and say, I wouldn't, you know, I suggest this or I don't suggest that. Um, but I think that that's what I want them to know is don't, don't be afraid because uh, you're going to learn. Again, we kind of refer back to the stripes. You're going to you're going to need to learn these things. And yeah. I, I wish I could just, you know, do that. And everybody now knows what I know, but <laughs> it doesn't just work that way. In their heads, right. right? Yeah. <laughs> we all wish we could, but that's why we all educate so much, right? That's why we're all out here educating right. because we, we want to uh, save you the hours and hours of us banging our heads into the machine, exactly. trying to make something work. Right. But right, at the right. same time, that's it's part of the process. Exactly. Well, and if you've got, um, you know, if, if you're out there and, and, and you've got a digitizer who's working for you, get, get them on board, tell them, show them those inspirations, show them what you want to do. Mm -hmm. And again, if they don't know how, great. Now you know you need to go find somebody who does know how, and, and you know put all that all together. But uh, yeah, don't yeah. don't be don't let it intimidate you because it's. Uh, I promise you that these techniques that you see out there that you feel like you know, oh man, one day I'm going to do that when I have this better machine. I mm -hmm. promise you, your your current machine can do it. You just exactly. need some tweaks. 
I can't I tell you how that. many pieces I've tested on where I've done them on a home machine and didn't tell anybody. Yeah. Like little <laughs> junky home machine. I'm like, it was slow, but it worked. But I got it done. <laughs> Yep. <laughs> All right. So don't be afraid to try something new. Don't be afraid to make a mistake. I love that. Everybody next week, do one thing new. Try one thing new and uh, and, and you will be a better decorator. Joe, we're coming down to the end. How can our listeners reach out to you? Uh, let's see your best thing. I think I'm, uh, I've got the my. Oh, gosh, that's a good question. Um, follow. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I guess the, the YouTube's probably the best because it's got you know all of our handles on it, especially from um, our entire team, just because we have so many nice. contributors on our team. But yeah, I think our YouTube's probably the best, um, and kind of go from there. Because I'm also on Twitter, which is uh, Applique. I think it's uh, Applique Joe, <laughs> <laughs> something like that. But uh, it's it's all in that Amber Creative link right there. If you guys want to yeah. check it out. Oh, awesome! Well, thank you very much for being here, and uh, thank, thank you for you so your insight, for man. Always fun to talk shop. Same. Thank, thank you guys so much. Thanks so much, Joe. Good to see yep. you again. Thanks. Have a good day. Oh, man. I, now I want to go make stuff, man. <laughs> Every time we talk to Joe, I just want to start making stuff again. Yeah, you know, and, and I feel bad because I I told you guys I was going to mention our good friend Matt Rome in this show, Matt Rome from oh. Epson, because uh, uh, he's in this business as well, but he calls it embroidery. <laughs> Sometimes I ask him about it just so he says the word. <laughs> embroidery. <laughs> no, no, Joe doesn't do that. What he does do, however, is uh, gets me all all giddy about talking about you know multimedia and hand and techniques because I've I've long been a proponent of making that stuff work, and I think folks don't know just how much customers will go for it if they see it first. That's the problem. They don't know. They don't know what they don't know. <laughs> so yeah, I, if, we got to be there. If to you're show a podcast them. listener, uh, go over and take a look at that shirt that Joe yes, was showing. It was please. super cool, super and super uh, and cool. and you know when you look at it, not that difficult, just very creative. So oh, no, and that's that's the thing. Technologically, technically, not impossible at all. Not even particularly that difficult once it was done. But the design behind it, the thought behind it, is what makes it. It's just awesome. All right. So with that, Terry, uh, what do you got going on, man? Let's talk about where you're going. Big book of travel. All right. All right. Here, Terry's big book of travel. Uh, my complete screen printing business course. I will be at Workhorse Products here in Phoenix. It'll be cooler than I promise everyone. 116 <laughs> today. Uh, that'll be September 23rd and 24th. Uh, back to Chicago with Atlas Screen Supply, November 4th and 5th. I'll be speaking at the Impressions Expo in September, just like uh, Eric and Aaron. I'm going to be talking about everything you you hear about DTG and DTF printing on the internet is wrong. And I'll be moderating a uh, panel discussion there as well. Uh, since you're doing the super sauce, let me uh, give a little rundown yeah. on what Aaron's doing. Um, the Fundamentals of Business uh, Success book is available as an ebook. And he's taking pre-orders for the paperback version. Check it out at our successgroup.com forward slash FBS book. Uh, the book is all about ditching the daily grind and finding the fun in your business with 13 fundamentals. It's a, a no-nonsense guide that helps you uh, lay a key foundation for long-term success. Uh, Aaron's also going to be at the Impressions Expo Fort Worth. Uh, doing a, a, a day before workshop, the ABCs, design, print market, uh, with the uh, Magic Touch custom apparel. From initial design to final and beyond, we'll walk you through each step, 
equipping you with the tools to create, organize, market, and deliver more to your customers. Did I skip over anybody there? No. Oh, yeah, I did. Corel Trainer, Trainer and Creo as well. I awesome skipped the whole there. line. Sorry, Eric. Aaron. <laughs> <laughs> and just one more reminder, there's a limited time to join Radical Gold Getters. Don't kick yourself for missing out on this opportunity to really transform yourself and your business. RadicalGoldGetters.com. Groups will start the week of August 7th, so right around the corner. How about you, Eric? What do you have? Uh, today, we have the take-up coming up with something I know doesn't sound as creative as today. I'm feeling like, man, I missed my my day. I should have been doing like creative applicant multimedia today. But today, I'm going to talk about something a little more down-to-earth. Episode 162, Selecting Supplies, Defining Factors for Needles, Thread, and Stabilizer. I'm going to talk about how we select materials for particular projects, which is part of doing the multimedia, frankly. And what we practice versus what we preach. Because sometimes we, we hear a lot of specialty stuff that you're supposed to do, but in production, things go a little bit different. I'm going to talk about all that and spill a little bit of the tea about how we actually get down on the production floor. So head over to ericcampbell.com and click the take up tab at the top for links and a full playlist of all 162 episodes of me going about an hour and a half, which Aaron points out most weeks. <laughs> going long, as I often do. Uh, so 2.30 Mountain Time live every Friday if you want to join in with your insights. Also, you see me at Exp uh, Impressions Expo Fort Worth, uh, these two wonderful gentlemen who I I'm often share in the stage with, but I'll be presenting uh, Embroidery's Value Proposition. So for once, not technical stuff, talking about sales and how to present embroidery and a little bit about getting people on board with creative work, believe it or not. So that's uh, what we'll be doing show showing up here shortly. Uh, it's coming up sooner than you think. Impressions Expo Fort Worth is, it's going to be on us before you know it. <laughs> Our slides are due August 11th, uh, Eric and Aaron. <laughs> I'm lucky. This is not a, a fully new one. I've taught this one before, so I'm not uh, developing a new class right now. <laughs> All right, folks, with that, uh, why don't we get into some secret sauce? All right, folks. So today, the secret sauce is quickly about buying an embroidery machine. Now that you've heard me talk about this before, but I'm going to run down some quick points about things to think about when you're buying your machine. Uh, number one, new versus used. Though uh, used can provide a good savings to you, uh, new machines are going to be a known quantity if they are operating well or not, be under warranty and all that. Well, the great thing is, if you're brand new to this embroidery game, this is something you want to get into, having a new machine that is running well will allow you to understand that it might be technique or something else that could be failing if you're having bad results. Otherwise, if you don't know if the machine's operating correctly, you don't know what the results you're getting are due to those machine problems. So think about that when you're going new versus used and take a look at what's out there. Second, think about the ease of service. Uh, the availability of either local technicians or finding out how close technicians are and what happens when that machine breaks down is critical. The increased cost and difficulty of, of running this machine uh, can make a big difference to whether or not it's worth it to you if you don't have technical service in your area. So look for service options and find out what happens with those longer downtimes because honestly, it just increased that cost of ownership the more you have to have folks out and if it's hard to get them to your location. Next, official support and documentation. Check if your manufacturer is providing technical support, sufficient amounts of support, uh, documentation, and training options for operating that machine effectively. If you don't see anything like that coming from your, uh, your actual provider of the machine, you need to make sure you've got that on lock somewhere. And that's why I also say look to the user community. Look for an active community of users who use the kind of machines you're looking for. Uh, learning from others' experiences is fantastic, and it helps you find solutions to specific use cases because everybody has that breadth of experience doing the work that they're doing on their shop floor. Also, 
before you add in-house embroidery, if this is what you're doing, you're someone who's doing print something else, uh, make sure you have that reason in mind why you're doing it. Uh, think about having speed, quality control, unique product offerings, uh, doing the technical creative work that we talked about today. It's not just as a response to outsourcing costs, because sometimes people find that they would have rather continue to outsource and figure out their pricing rather than bringing in more production. And that leads me to the final thing, no matter what you're bringing into the shop. But I know sometimes folks who are selling equipment might get a little grumpy at me, but be beware of shiny object syndrome. <laughs> when you're adding any new equipment or technology, make sure you're thinking ahead to the market you want to serve and the marketing that you're going to need to do. Uh, if you aren't making sales with your current setup, new toys might not be the problem, or at least not the only problem. So make sure that you're working on your business as well as just adding more capabilities. All right. With that, I think we've come to the close of another show. I mean, a little bit over, but a wonderful show with lots of inspiration. Despite some hiccups at the beginning, Joe really came through with us and uh, gave us some great stuff. So thank you. Uh, Joe, for coming on and sharing all that wonderful inspiration with us today. And uh, total flip. Thanks, Aaron Montgomery, there in the background for being our show producer today. Uh, and putting up with me pushing buttons when I wasn't supposed to. Thank you, Aaron. <laughs> Sorry about that, my man. <laughs> I did see a note that says, Eric can't help but push buttons. <laughs> uh, it is almost impossible. Between this show and doing, doing my own show where I have to talk and push the buttons, I I couldn't let my hands off it. So uh, if there were any problems, blame them on me. It was probably me doing it. <laughs> All right. So next week, we're not quite ready to announce next week's guest yet, but we're efforting some awesome folks in the industry. So stay tuned. Uh, like I said, uh, same two regular guys time, same two regular guys channel. We will be here providing the same kind of industry education that you know and love. So uh, check our channels and we'll share it as soon as we can. All right. Until then, I'm Terry Combs. He's Eric Campbell sitting in for Aaron Montgomery. And that was the two regular guys. Here we go. We're out! <laughs> awesome. Thank you for listening to Two Regular Guys. Check out our website at tworegularguys.com. That's the number two, regularguys.com. You can also interact with us over at our Facebook page, facebook.com slash tworegularguys, or send us a tweet, twitter.com slash tworegularguys. And we have a YouTube page. You can find all that from our website, tworegularguys.com. Thanks for tuning in, and we look forward to spending some time with you again next week.